0: Well, today as we begin, we have some breaking good news, okay? You've heard people say, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Well, here's a video of some news anchors who have just some good news to share, okay? Just good news. Let's watch this video. Tax day has been moved from April 15th to August 42nd, which really isn't a real day. So you're off the hook. Nice. This Justin, your friends got together and agreed you need to post more pictures of yourself on social media. In sports, the Orlando Magic have decided to change their name to the Orlando U. Well, because you're magical. Breaking news, that crying baby on your cross-country flight just stopped, looked around and said, wow, that was pretty annoying. Sorry, everybody and slept peacefully for the rest of the trip. This just in, your favorite sports team can now hear your suggestions through the television, and they love the helpful advice. So, the next time you yell, how about playing some real defense? You can expect to see some real defense. You know how you made plans with your friend, but now you don't really feel like going out, and if you cancel again, you'll seem like a total flake? Well, get this, your friend just canceled. Isn't that the best? BREAKING NEWS, EVERYBODY WON THE LOTTERY. EVEN IF YOU DIDN'T BUY A TICKET, YOUR FRIEND BOUGHT ONE FOR YOU, SO YOU WON AS WELL. TICKET HOLDERS WILL EACH RECEIVE $4 bajillion. TSA ANNOUNCED THIS WEEK THAT ALL LINES AT THE AIRPORT WILL IMMEDIATELY TURN INTO CONGA LINES. I IN SPORTS NEWS, YOU CAN slap DUCK AND WHEN YOU DO, YOU'LL MAKE A FIREBALL LIKE AN NBA JAM. BOOM, SHAKALAK. The FDA reports that raw cookie dough is now legally considered a vegetable. So if anyone judges you for eating it straight out of the fridge, they're an idiot. This just ends, stressed, spelled backwards, is desserts. Yeah. A record number of drivers have been pulled over this month to be told their driving is fantastic. Keep up the great driving, America. Republicans and Democrats have signed a new law that requires all of your Facebook friends to be doing slightly worse than you. (laughs) Not too bad, just enough so that you're doing the best. Way to go, Tiger. And finally tonight, you're a good person. Seriously, I know you have your doubts sometimes, but everyone in the world was just talking it over, and we unanimously agreed you're the best. All right, some good news. You know, here's the thing. I've got even better news for you. I've got some really good news for you, and is this. God loves you so much. He loves you so much, he sent Jesus to pay the price for your sin and rebellion against God. And Jesus died so that you can be reconciled to God. But there's more. Jesus did not stay in the grave. He defeated death. He rose again, and that changes everything. Not only did he defeat death, he defeated our sin, he defeated the powers of darkness, and that's good news for you and me, for sure. As pastor and author Timothy Keller has said so well, he said, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, yet at the very same time we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And that is gospel truth right there. Today in our continuing journey through the New Testament book of Acts, We're in chapter 13, and the Apostle Paul is going to give this good news message there in a town called Pisidian Antioch. To catch us up on the story, Paul's going to go from being the church's greatest enemy to becoming its greatest ambassador. And He and Barnabas have been set apart. They've been called. They're going to go on the first of several great missionary journeys that Paul will take part in. And after last week's little dust-up with the sorcerer, okay, remember that, They've now traveled to Pisidian Antioch, which is in southern Turkey today. And you guys can see the map of their journey so far and where that is. This town is 110 miles inland from the Mediterranean Sea. It was the regional hub of trade with good Roman roads. It was a Roman colony with a large Jewish population. Paul and Barnabas go first to the synagogue, and they are invited to share a message. We begin reading today in Acts 13, 16. It says, standing up, Paul motioned with his hand. He said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. And he goes on to chronicle the history of the people of Israel. When God led them out of Egyptian slavery and into the land he had promised their forefather, Abraham. Okay? Paul then continues his history lesson. He reminds them of when Israel asked for a king, okay? But then how that went bad and how that first king, Saul, was removed because God was anointing David as king because David was a man after God's own heart. And in verse 23, Paul tells them, from this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he promised, from David's descendants. Read along with me now from verse 26. Fellow children of Abraham... And you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and they laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now witnesses to our people. And we tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us their children by raising up Jesus. Can I get an amen? Raising up Jesus. That is the message of good news. Let's pick it up in verse 36. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his, with his ancestors, and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses." Now this is good news indeed. God raised Jesus to life. Our sins are forgiven. A pardon from sin that is greater than what the law of Moses can do is available to you and me. A king greater than David has come to set us free and give us eternal life. And indeed the text says that they invited Paul and Barnabas to come back and speak the next week. And they did. And it says the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But here's what happened next. The Jews became jealous, and they opposed Paul and Barnabas. So Paul and Barnabas boldly told them, Hey, we came and we spoke God's word to you first. But now you've rejected it, so we're going to the Gentiles with this message. And when they did, those non-Jews heard the message. They believed, and they became followers of Jesus. There's a gospel explosion going on here. And it says even, The word of the Lord spread to the whole region. But then the Jewish leaders stirred up persecution versus Paul and Barnabas. So they went on their way to the next town. But it says the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. We'll see this whole cycle repeat itself, okay? Uh, and, And during Paul's missionary journeys. Gospel proclamation, salvation and church growth, opposition and persecution, but then the Holy Spirit will come in power and then the cycle will continue as the word of the Lord spreads all over the land. So that's today's reading in Acts. You know, and I could, <clears throat> I could, of course, just wrap it up here and say, okay, we're good, we're done, right? But where would be the fun in that, right? You guys aren't hungry for, for lunch yet, are you? Don't answer that. Yeah. Scott's thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really should dig in a little bit, at least, to this, this good news, okay, that God has for us. So first, we know about this good news that we are saved by the gospel, we are saved by the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says that the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes in Jesus. In chapter 3, he writes, We are all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm so thankful for that verse. You know Why? Because Jesus didn't die for me just when I had it all together, when I was all just fine. He died for me, not just in my best moments, he died for me when I was at my worst. And he died for you when you were at your worst. We are saved by the gospel. We had no way on our own own to be forgiven. We could not be reconciled to God by our own efforts. And without the saving, death, and resurrection of Christ, we would have no hope of eternal life. But the good news, this gospel, is that while I was a sinner who had rebelled against God, Jesus paid the price for my sins. I'm forgiven through Christ, justified, made right before God, and I'm given new life that lasts forever. It's a gift. It is grace. And it costs Jesus his life, but it's free to you, to me. It's the good news, and we're meant to embrace it, to receive it. So friends, I just want to ask you this. Have you received this grace, this gift from Jesus? Today, as you sit here, have you received this gift from Jesus? If not, I really hope you'll come talk to us afterwards. And we'll, we would love to tell you more about this wonderful good news of Jesus and how to respond to it. Become one of Jesus's saved people. People that Jesus has saved from sin and death. So we're saved by the gospel of Jesus, but we're also meant to be shaped by this good news. And that's my next point. We are shaped by the gospel. It shapes us in many ways, but let me highlight just a few, okay? First, we are shaped as we gather together in worship like we're doing right now. With every song, with every baptism, every time we take communion together, the message that we proclaim each week even in our offering, we are reenacting the gospel of Jesus. And as we come here, we are meant to reenact the gospel, okay? And so, when we come here and we worship together, you know, as, an, as apprentices of Jesus, this time should not just encourage us, but it should shape you and form you to become more like your master. So pay attention, friends. Let the gospel form you today. As we take communion, as we sing the songs, as we have fellowship together, we should not leave here the same as we came. The gospel is wanting, God has wanted to form us and shape us through this gospel, through this good news. We're also shaped as we gather together in smaller groups, okay, for fellowship, for deeper connection. You know, and, and God's calling for some of you today might be to join one of our connection groups, one of our small groups, where you can really be in a gospel community where you can help one another grow. For others of you, God's calling might be, as we get into the fall especially, and we need new groups to help new people get connected and grow together, maybe your calling is to lead a group. I hope you'll prayerfully consider it. Because each of our connection groups is a gospel community. A circle of friends that exist, not just to enjoy good food and fellowship together, although that's wonderful, that's great. But our groups can be so much more. The Lord can use your friends, your group, to shape you into Christ-likeness if you let it. So I have a a simple but, but profound, I think, biblical practice that I want to ask all of our connection groups, all of our Bible classes, all our small groups to do, okay? And that is to pray together. To pray for one another. Grow in intercessory prayer for one another. But not just praying for the things you want, but pray about those things that God wants to shape you into Christ-likeness. How does God want to shape you? Praying together in our smaller groups is a powerful opportunity for spiritual formation. So we're shaped as we gather together here in our large worship. It's meant to shape us into the gospel and become a gospel-shaped people, but in our small groups also, in our smaller circles of friends. We're also shaped as we grow in spiritual formation. You do know, don't you, that we're all being discipled by something all the time. We're all being shaped and formed, okay? But these days we can be shaped by so many things other than Jesus. So many things vying for our attention, our time, our passion, our priorities. And there are plenty of modern day false gospels and ungodly ideologies trying to in- influence us, You know, through our culture, through modern philosophy and thought, and through even our, our news and our politics and even our entertainment. It's shaping us. We might not say out loud, okay, I'm looking for these things to save me, I'm looking for these things to shape me, but they are the false gospels of our culture and the deep idols sometimes in our hearts. We may think deep down, for example, that life only has meaning or I only have worth if I have enough approval or power or accomplishments or comfort or financial stability or you fill in the blank. You know, life is okay, and I have meaning, and I have, if I have these things. You know, some people put their hopes falsely in political ideology, everything from socialism to nationalism, all these ideologies that cannot deliver what they promise, friends, because they don't have what God has. Of course, we have materialism and consumerism running rampant in our culture today, and those are potent false ideologies as well and we would be foolish to not recognize how they are trying to shape us. And what about good old American individualism? You know, I'm fine, we say, when I'm not. And these days, individual choice reigns. My rights, what I want, what I need to express. I, me, me, mine, Individualism may just be the most dangerous ism out there in America today. I don't know, there's a lot running for the most dangerous ism, but that's one of them that's under everything right now. But we are called to a selfless gospel community way of life rather than self-centeredness, okay? So another major false message that runs deeply in our culture, I would say, is one that says this. Tell me if you've ever heard this. Follow your heart. Ah, yes. It seems like this is the message of every other pop song and probably every single animated kids' movie. The message is, follow your heart. But it's terrible advice. Kids, young at heart, adults, folks, everybody of all age, don't trust your heart, okay? Please don't. Our hearts deceive us. And we are all very familiar with how we rationalize, we justify things that we really want in our hearts, even when we know they're wrong. Have you done that? And you've rationalized, you've justified, I want that, and it's, I'm just, you know, but we're following our heart, and we've rationalized it. We don't find our true selves by looking within, and we won't make wise decisions just by following our heart. We find our true identity in Christ Jesus as children of the living God. Rather than following our hearts, we need to become a new person in Christ with a new heart that the Lord wants to give you. and Follow his heart. Here's another phrase, I think, that gives voice to modern-day false gospel messages. Have you ever heard this? Ah, but he's a good person. But she's a good person. Friends, no, he's not a good person. No, she's not a good person, Johnny Spiegel. You're my friend. I love you. I respect you. You're not a good person. Laura just nodded, like really, like don't look at. I'm not a good person. I mean, sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm not. Okay, a lot of times I'm not. (laughs) And you're not. We're not. I'm. I'm never going to be good enough to save myself. Right? Am I going to be good enough? Hmm. I was created to be good, but I'm a rebellious sinner. But the good news of Jesus can shape me and form me to become more like Christ. That's the thing. I'm saved because not, not because of the kind of person I am, but because of who Jesus was. Okay, let me say that again and I better get a loud amen. I'm saved not because of the kind of person I am, but because of who Jesus is. Amen. Here's one more. Think of those times when some public figure, maybe a celebrity, a sports star, maybe a politician, they mess up big in a public way. You can probably think of a a recent example pretty easily. What statement do they always put out? I'm sure it's put out, you know, carefully crafted by their PR team. But what do they say? They say somewhere in there, this does not represent who I am. That's not who I am. I did this bad thing, but that's not who I am. Okay, that's also not true, folks, in a very real sense. When we mess up, when we sin, it does represent part of who we are, but we don't want to admit it. And I hope you're never judged, you know, publicly just on your worst public moment, because that's not right. But our sins, public and private, are part of who we are. It's not all of who we are, and if that's what they mean, fair enough. But our sins are part of who we are. And the truth is, to to really appreciate the good news that God has for us, we have to really contend with how bad the bad news is about me. I have to understand that. The Bible is full of scriptures that say our actions, and even the way we speak actually reveals what's in our heart. What we do and what we say actually reveals what really is in our heart. So we need to own that. We need to ask the Lord to change our hearts through his powerful gospel shaping. You know, just once I'd love to hear that public figure say, I was wrong, there is no excuse for it, that's not a good part of me, and I need to change. Easy enough to, you know, pick at them, but I need to say that too. I need to change. Of course, Jesus has good news for this, because not only does the gospel save us, but it also shapes us. He's ready to help us become more like Christ. And a repentant heart, a recognition that you're not okay, being able to say, I'm not okay, can open you up. It can make you more receptive to the good news that God loves you, He forgives you, and He actually wants to restore you and shape you into someone more like Christ. So put your faith and your confidence in Christ, friends, not in these lesser things. Find your significance, your value, your purpose, and your identity in Jesus rather than any other kind of ideology. Look at Paul writing in Colossians 2.8. He says, "...see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ." Settle for nothing less than Christ. Paul continues saying that while we were dead in our sin, God made us alive in Christ, forgiving our sins and nailing them to the cross. That's the gospel, folks, and it is good news indeed. Our victory, as we just sang, is in Jesus. Death is defeated. The king is alive. So let's sing a little louder, right? Dear friends, if you've been putting your trust in anything other than the good news of of Jesus Christ then I implore you, replace that false gospel with the true one. Put your hope in the living Lord, the King Jesus, who died and is alive and who rose for you. Put your trust in the good news message of Jesus. Let it save you and let it shape you through worship, through community, through being together with other followers of Jesus as we shape one another and God's Spirit works through us to grow us and shape us form us into Christ-likeness. And finally today, we know that as we are saved, as we are shaped by the gospel, we are also sent. We're sent with the good news message of Jesus. As we go, take this gospel to the ends of the earth, just like Paul did, just like the early church did. Of course, news is meant to be shared. We're called to be his ambassadors, his witnesses. And it may sound like a cliche, but it's true. When you hear good news, you want to share it. So why don't we share this news more? Could it be that we've minimized it in our own hearts that we've kind of let this good, wonderful news lose its shine? That's kind of hard. That's that's kind of a hard point just to sit with for a second, isn't it? But I think we need to contend with it. Have we forgotten how great and wonderful and beautiful this good news is? Again, that's why we come here this morning. That's why you're here to reenact the gospel, to be re-gospeled. Okay? That's why we get together in community with other believers to remember, oh, this is our gospel community, and these are the people I'm with that also are the saved people of God. But it doesn't end there. We have to sing a little louder. So let me ask you, friends, can a gospel-centered worship and fellowship, a gospel-infused spiritual formation, can that rekindle the wonder and the beauty of the gospel within us? You bet it can. Can the Holy Spirit reawaken that gospel mission in our hearts as we ourselves are gospeled again? Yes, the Holy Spirit has been doing that for ages and he can do it again in your heart today. Steve, I'm going to ask you to come on up and be ready to pray for us. But as we close, I want to say, church, as a Christian, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are a student. You are a follower of Jesus. You are an apprentice of Jesus. Let him shape you. We are ambassadors and witnesses of this good news message, this gospel message, the message that we were lost but now we're found, we were broken but now we're being healed and we're being made whole. This good news message, this gospel of Jesus Christ is the hope of mankind. And we carry it wherever we go. Even as we're being gospeled ourselves, we're being shaped and transformed by this good news of Jesus. So one more time, church, the good news Do you know it? Do you need to respond to it today in some way? Do you know just how much our Father God loves you? That he can save you and he wants to shape you and and help you become everything you're meant to be in Christ? We've got good news to share today. Church, let's be shaped by it and let's go share it.